I'm Bill Lawrence, and this is my Big Bag of Onions. The cough made to California, broken hearts and bars unknown. And through this night we'll share a lover On that dark radio How the soul may be so lonely Hands pressed cold against the phone The young stars are standing by the Radio. People did escape the massacre, but they were protected by the clans like the Stuarts of Appen and the Camerons of Lochiel and further afield, the Macdonalds of Glengarry. Uh, and after the furore died down, although the, the Secretary of State of Scotland, uh, the Master of State, remained very vindictive and wanted to root them out, in the Highlands it's difficult to do that. People can get warnings when things, usually when things are coming. So people were effectively taken care of by the surrounding clans and families, and the majority went back to Glencoe. But there was no reason for them people to go and stay away from Glencoe. I mean, the Glencoe clan reformed. In 1695, they petitioned the Scottish government for redress. They didn't receive redress, but, but the chief's family, the survivors, all reformed and petitioned the parliament for redress in 1695, and the name Jackson does not appear in that petition. But there's another possibility, and that is that there were in Glencoe, the Glencoe clan, along with the Macdonalds of Keppoch and the MacGregors, or the last three clans in Scotland who did indulge in banditry and cattle lifting as a serious profession. And if you're escaping and subject to full force of the law, it was not uncommon for noted bandits to escape to the lowlands and change their name. of the music from the 1968 film Where Eagles Dare. Artistic license has been taken, and this was a prerequisite of getting the funding. 
Most people know that the domesticated dog came from the wolf, right? But very few people, including myself when I started this project, knew that the chicken originates from the red jungle fowl. The red jungle fowl is a very small, shy bird that lives in the underbrush of South Asian jungles. It doesn't like to have anything to do with people, and yet this is the bird that became the, what I would argue is the most essential animal uh, on the planet today. As best we know today, and there's still controversy, it seems that the red jungle fowl was domesticated many thousands of years ago, probably in Southeast Asia. And there it spread across north to China and then west to Europe and Africa. But the reasons that it was domesticated are still a little murky. And in talking to anthropologists, it seems that the most likely reason was that humans use these birds for fighting for cockfighting, and that these were religious rituals.
Disney World makes the inauthentic believable. Article Yesterdayland, December 24th. In just one day, you can stroll through an idyllic time that really never was. Main Street, USA. Casually explore Mars, Mission Space, and go on safari for white rhinos. Kilimanjaro safaris. The experience is so accomplished that the visitor has no time for reflection or to consider the remarkable infrastructure underground where employees change into their costumes. The seamless gradient change in music and aesthetics make the transition from Tomorrowland to Mickey's Toontown Fair not just easy, but almost natural. Perhaps there is hope, as the quote from Jean-Jacques Rousseau displayed inside the Land Pavilion at Epcot suggests, Nature never deceives us. It is always we who deceive ourselves. You're listening to My Big Bag of Onions. Brother Moon, Sister Sun Darkness and light come from one No one can say which is stronger They both must exist with each other Who they are, not what they do. 
My name is Barry Tucker, I'm head chef at the Notley Arms in Monk Silver in Somerset. First and foremost, we use a local egg supplier for our free range eggs. They come in twice a week and then we go to hard boiling for five minutes. You know, we just want the, the white to set, just enable us to peel it so we can get a nice soft runny yolk when we cut the egg open, which is all part of the theatre of the, the product. So five minutes on the egg? Yep. And you've got your eggs ready here. We've got our eggs ready. Uh, then we have a free-range sausage meat from the butcher just down the road, literally four miles away. Uh, they use white middle pigs. And then we add our ingredients to it, some herbs, some salt, some pepper, some porridge oats, and a few other bits that are- Any secrets? Yeah. Okay. They'll stay secrets. So then we just literally flour sausage meat, add our egg, roll it around, make sure it's nice and sealed. Just a normal panne, flour, egg, breadcrumbs. Uh, we use panko breadcrumbs.
offering is defined by international law, but it's not defined as a part as a form of labor, but as a part of uh, cohabitation. Operas are supposed to come as uh, members of family in a form of a cultural ex exchange. And another point making it different from uh, an other forms of uh, domestic labor is. Uh, uh, equality. Oper uh, means on an equal form. The legal conditions are written in European agreement and then uh, there are um, mm, uh, British, uh, British Home Office has uh, its own rules for oper's coming to England. So oper shouldn't work for more than 25 hours a week and uh, should have two, three days, should stay as a part of a family and the British immigration rules suggest to treat them as a part of a family, not only as um, like uh, members of the household. And uh, there is also like a minimum pocket money paid. They are laborers, so they do not pay tax, They, but at the same time they do not have the rights of uh, usual employers. And the problem is that um, being uh, informalized in a way by the institution, there is no institutional control of actual condition. On a winter Sunday I go to clear away the snow and green the ground below. April all an ocean away. Is this the better way to spend the day? Keeping the winter at bay. What were the words I meant to say before you left? When I could see your breath leap where you were going to. But maybe I should just let it be. And maybe it will all come back to me. Sing, oh, January. How I lived a childhood in snow, and all my teens and toes. Stuffed in strata of love Pale the winter days after dark Wandering the grey memorial park A fleeting beating of hearts What were the words I meant to say before she left When I could see her breath lead where she was going to Maybe I should just let it be And maybe it will all come back to me Sing oh January Oh January
right at the beginning when animals were first domesticated for producing milk, which was around 11 to 10,000 years ago. To begin with, probably people didn't have the ability to assimilate that milk because they didn't have the enzyme in their gut. For the first few thousand years, probably it was cheese that they were consuming or fermented milk. But about seven and a half thousand years ago, somewhere in Central Europe, there was a change, a genetic change, a mutation. And there would have been the ability in, in those people to consume milk, which then was favorable to them at certain times of the year, when there was a shortage of food, for instance, of arable food, of crops, then they could drink the milk. And this was such an advantage in evolutionary terms that uh, in a generation, probably they increased more than the people who were relying just on, on crops. In this country, milk was milk as it came from the cow, right through into the 1970s. British milk was whole milk, and there really wasn't much of a segmentation. When we joined the colour market in the 1970s, people were saying, how dare they change our British milk? But I think now the majority of people have forgotten there ever was such a thing.
listening to my big bag of onions. Adding concealed cameras and microphones in shops, coupled with machine learning algorithms, allows retailers to link foot traffic with details of age, gender, ethnicity and the dialect of both the shopper and any shopping companions, including children. All of this will soon be more tightly controlled in the European Union by the General Data Privacy Regulation, which comes into effect in May 2018. From that date, companies with EU customers will be more restricted in their collection and use of personal data, including data that can be linked to a smartphone. In fact, the competitive advantages and privacy concerns for such tracking within physical stores are very similar to those from tracking online browsing behaviour on websites. Such big data insights are much richer than those which can be gathered from simply analysing sale data. Call it what it is, call it what it is, call it what 
easy. Policing ain't easy. Hard times ain't easy. Oppression ain't easy. Racism. to be a believer well people traditionally have been very worried about the use of the language of belief um, in relation to pre-christian societies because it's such a big word in christianity from the get-go christians define themselves as a community of believers so in the interests of a historicism and a kind of nuanced p- picture uh, of uh, pre-christian worlds people have often tried to uh, extract this language of belief and to see polytheisms in particular in terms of ritual practice and when we think of the Greek world we think visually as we often do we think of temples we think of statues we tend to think in terms of this world in which people are surrounded by the architecture of belief particularly the emergence in the 5th century BC of a set of laws that prohibiting disbelief in the gods so one is the mythical figure of the the, the figure who uh, battles against the gods, the, um, the, the figures like Perseus and Bellerophon and so forth, these people that, that set themselves against the god, and weaving that in with that sort of story pattern in with um, the more historical aspect of um, when and why people started to legislate against disbelief.
Why looking backwards, uh, any political movement has to establish its roots, it has to establish a lineage of credibility and credentials. And therefore, if you want to change anything in the today, you need to establish the provenance of that line of thinking. So you will find the Labour Party will go back to its various leaders. And what, what I find quite interesting is that certainly on the con- in, in England you start to dis- the rediscovery of the Humboldt brothers, uh, which of course in, in the 19th century Germany where the, the great humanist educational principle 
uh, and this discovery of the, 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 the Greeks, which were just because we were feeling uncomfortable with God and the king, so, you know, the people, uh, became a very easy alternative. So I think each, each generation goes back into history for its own purposes. You're listening to My Big Bag of Onions.
Yeah, I think so. And all the concepts and ideas we have about things and which makes the world work for us, uh, I think. I mean, the concept of love, for instance, or the concept of, you know, all, all those kind of things, which is uh, a tool for me, but it's it's not. It's, um, it's an almost an absurd re reduction of, of things, but necessary, of course. When I was young, I was very, you know, I was very idealistic and, and very left-wing and very... Um, and it was very, very important to me and very rebellious too. Um, but somehow, I, it's like nowadays it's like everything ends in kind of nihilism, everything ends in kind of a you know, meaningless place or an empty place. And I try to, in these books, I try to re-establish meaning in my own life, basically, but but in the world as well, uh, and and not by ideas, but but just by searching what's 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 there. But of course, my books are full of ideas, and because all the structure I use are, you know, come from some <laughs> has an, a, a perspective of the world within itself, you know. Uh, I'm broke but I'm happy I'm poor but I'm kind I'm short but I'm healthy yeah. I'm high but I'm grounded I'm sane but I'm overwhelmed I'm lost but I'm hopeful Be there And what it all comes down to That everything's gonna be fine, fine, fine Cause I've got one hand in my pocket And the other one is giving a high five well, I feel drunk but I'm sober I'm young and I'm underpaid I'm tired but I'm working I care, but I'm restless. I'm here, but I'm really gone. I'm wrong, and I'm sorry, baby. And what it all comes down to is that everything's gonna be quite alright. Cause I've got.
at the Cabaret Voltaire, there, were, there was a real absence of women, actually. I think that's probably um, a notable uh, point about the particular movement. Um, we have Hugo Ball, and we have Emmy Hennings as well, who was involved. Uh, those figures are um, some of the main uh, central figures within uh, Zurich Dada. And of course, Dada was in Zurich, it was in Berlin, New York, and Paris. But perhaps the, the person who was most evocative of Dada, who was a kind of living embodiment of Dada, is the Baroness Elsa von Freitag-Lorenhoven. Although she was German-born, she really came to embody Dada when she came to New York uh, in 1913 and was a sort of performance artist. She's sort of Lady Gaga before Lady Gaga. And so she, her head is shaved, she lacquers it in vermilion, she's wearing a birdcage around her neck and walking around the streets of New York and Greenwich Village embodying what Dada is, a kind of nihilism, a kind of sensuality and an immorality that she, that she really came to, to signify.
Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Join me again soon for another journey through the pleasures of music, words, and sound. Be seeing you. Bill's Big Bag of Onions has been produced and directed by Adrian Cohen and is a guppy production for Colm Radio. Thank you very much.